Hey yo, you are listening to the podcast of thousands. Late night talk, showcasing performers, and last time with zero the budget. Here's your host, Mikey P. Welcome everyone. I'm your host, Michael Panessa, and this is the podcast of thousands, where we showcase performers from actors to YouTubers and everything in between. On tonight's show, we'll have guest comedian Kelly McFarland. He's lovely and kind and sweet. And his English is getting so much better. I'm so proud of him. Yeah. You're the perfect size. Yes, I am. That's correct. Good job, baby. More cushion for the pushing. Yes, 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 yes. Now get back outside and leaf blow the driveway. It's not going to do it itself. No. Well, that's a lie, too. He speaks English. And music by folk rock artist Vicki Kiley. But first, pitches get riches. On tonight's show, we have a Kickstarter pitch from Jake Anderson about his documentary, What Happened to Eliza Lamb. So we're going to try and help Jake uh, reach the goal of $30,000 for their Kickstarter. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing quite well. Excellent. Excellent. We're really, uh, you know, I go out and search Kickstarter and I was really... uh, intrigued in finding your uh, documentary, and I can't wait for your pitch. Uh, how much have you raised so far for your Kickstarter? Right now, we're about $7,300, and uh, we still have 19 days to go. Okay, all right. We've got some work to do. Got some work to do, that's right. But we have 115 backers, so that's pretty good. Oh, excellent. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, remember, uh, you have 60 seconds to pitch. Uh, When your time's up, uh, you will hear this sound. All right. Are you ready to pitch? I'm ready to go. Okay. All right. Ready, set, go ahead and pitch. Our documentary, What Happened to Elisa Lamb, will explore the mysterious case of a young woman who was found dead on the roof of an infamous hotel in 2012. The film will trace three competing narratives that seek to explain what happened. The police and those who believe Elisa died from a tragic accident resulting from bipolar disorder, web sleuths, friends, and conspiracists who believe Elisa was murdered, and paranormal experts who suggest Elisa was possessed by a dark force from the Cecil Hotel's past. At the heart of the film remains the pulse of a creative, but deeply troubled young woman whose online writings and struggle against depression continue to resonate with thousands of people across the world. The case defies conventional categorization. Is it a true crime mystery, a profile of mental illness, a paranormal investigation, or all three? The Elisa Lamb case transcends all labels and becomes a Rorschach test for the 21st century mind. Everyone who looks at it sees something different. Nice, nice. Three seconds to spare. Excellent. <laughs> good job, good job. So uh, we're two for two with uh, no uh, no presto buzzer sound at the end. So excellent, good job, yeah, good job. Yeah, that was a close one. <laughs> um, all right, I got a couple of questions for you. Um, so what's the the what's the hardest part of creating this documentary? Well, uh, the hardest part for me personally is that it's about someone who is deceased, and we. The family isn't uh, involved because, I mean, it's been so traumatic for them. So it's been piecing together what we can 
and finding people who were close to her. And so the hardest part was definitely finding a friend of hers who was willing to be involved in the documentary. But we did find a young man who is friends with her, you know, is convinced that she was murdered. And so he's part of the project. And beyond that, it's just a case that the LAPD has closed and they won't say anything more about it out of respect for the family. So it's just a, a difficult case to get new information about. So how, how long ago did she pass? This was in uh, January of 2012. So it's been about five years, exactly. Five years. Okay. Do you, do you think we'll ever find out what really happened to her? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, um, I mean, I think there's always going to be lingering mysteries. I mean, some people think it's already been solved. You know, about half the people out there think that it's solved and that it was an accident. Uh, and then the other half the people think that she was killed. So I'm not sure sure. Uh, part of me thinks that the people who think she was killed will never be convinced that they're always going to have doubts. And so, you know, the documentary doesn't have an agenda in terms of we're, we're going to prove that what happened. We're just going to present as much evidence as we can and present as many stories as we can to show how the case, whether we know what happened or not, the case is this kind of unique snapshot of of uh, what happens when a dark mystery like this goes viral online. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you, Jake, and good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. You can get all the details and links about the documentary What Happened to Eliza Lamb Kickstarter in our show notes. And that was... Pitches Get Riches. And now I'd like to welcome our guest, comedian Kelly McFarland. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. How are you doing today? I'm good. Things are good. How's the weather there in, in Boston, Massachusetts? That's so funny because I'm a typical Bostonian. Just before you asked me how the weather was, my next breath was going to release the words, well, it's not snowing today. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep, typical New Englander, right? I, I'd like to think that I'm more worldly than that, but I'm not. I'm very transparent. Well, someday it'll start to warm up there. Yeah, we'll get it. It's coming. I can feel it. <laughs> so why why did you get into comedy? Um, I mean, I've been doing comedy for many years at this point, I guess. It's the safest amount of time to offer a general audience. I was in my 20s when I started and I loved to perform and I loved, uh, I had done some acting and singing and comedy was always a thing that I loved so much. And I have a funny family, which I think every comedian always says that, right? Yeah. They either have a sad family or a funny family. Like those are the two. So we'll just say maybe I had a combo, but pretty much just a funny, happy family. Yeah. So in my 20s, I tried it when I was done with college and uh, just kept going. Haven't stopped. So you started in your 20s. You've only been doing it for what, for about eight years, probably? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yep. I'm only, I'm only 30 something. That is correct. Nice. No, no, I started a long time ago. I think it was 1998. I did my first set and yeah, I just never left it. It was just something that I felt like I really wanted to keep at and, and try to get as good as I possibly could. And then uh, that's realistically still the goal. I think I'm constantly just trying to get better and figure it out. And while I know my voice on stage and I understand where my comedy comes from and my perspective, I think that you have to keep working to see how to get better and stronger. Very cool. So I, I spent some time on your, your website and looked through your online resume and, and very odd. The, one of the first shows or, or somebody you appeared with section is Bob Marley. Not, mm. not, not the Bob Marley, not the Bob Marley. 
Not the um, Rastafarian, no. Um, the I think Bob Marley was a Rastafarian, but anyway, yes. no, not the famous reggae singer uh, Bob Marley, the comedian. Ah, I'd never, I'd never heard of Bob Marley, the comedian. Bob Marley, the comedian, and believe me, uh, as much as I adore him, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about him because he's already famous enough in some circles. Uh, Bob Marley is a very funny comedian, humorist from the great state of Maine, and he has had a great career, really good run at uh, comedy, and he's still going very strong today. He's a very, very funny comedian with a large following of people. And yeah, so I started doing comedy in Maine, in Portland, Maine, at a club called the Comedy Connection, which was in a, it was in a very rundown building on on a wharf in Maine, exactly what you would expect, um, where lobster boats were coming in and out. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it does sound like I'm making it up, but I'm not. I started doing comedy there and Bob Marley was the big name uh, there. Yeah, I just, to work with Bob Marley was like a big deal when I first started and it still is. I mean, he sells out venues all over the country and beyond. So yeah, it's funny that you picked up on that. He is not a reggae singer though, not at all. All right, so I won't go into any questions about marijuana and, and pro legalizing it. Or yeah, I had this whole section of my of my script, so I'll I'll just pass over that. Oh, sorry, you're gonna have to X that out. Yeah, okay. X it out. All right, we'll we'll move on. We'll move on. Uh, uh shows you uh, your resume shows you appeared on. Adult Swim on the Cartoon Network did some research and I couldn't find what characters. You know, you could just ask me. You could oh. just ask me. Oh, hey, just, what what shows and characters have you voiced? Oh, thank Michael. I'm so glad that you asked. I've only done a, a few episodes of a show called Assy McGee. Assy? Yeah, you heard it. Assy <laughs> McGee. Did you play Assy McGee? Um, oh, Assy McGee's a guy. No, I. Oh my gosh, I wish. No, no, I I got to do some voices uh some some supporting character voices on a few episodes of Assy McGee it was the first time that I ever worked on a cartoon and I uh the only time I've ever been asked although people constantly come up to me and say you have such a great voice you should be a cartoon <laughs> and I feel like a cartoon most days so it, I guess I'm living it but I got to do a few voices on Assy McGee which is a ass it's an ass a cartoon but with um socks and shoes and he's a detective. Okay. All right. Yep. My parents are as proud as you can imagine. Yeah. Was there a tagline to the show? Do you know? Do you remember? You know, I don't remember if there was or not, actually. He was a, a crime-fighting butt. <laughs> yeah. Assy. Okay. Assy McGee. Assy McGee. Great. Yep. Okay. He was gruff, but he really inquisitive and uh, cutthroat detective. All right. Was he loud? You know, I don't remember him being loud. No, no not one. No. no, silent, no. silent. No, no, silent, but deadly. But yes. deadly. I saw that joke. I could see that joke at the end of a tunnel <laughs> with my eyes blindfolded. Miles away, and, miles away. Yeah, miles just, choo, choo, just coming along the track. <laughs> okay, uh, more serious note. Uh, you've been a keynote speaker for the American Heart Association, Go Red for Women campaign? Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, so I did a lot of work for them. I was doing uh, a lot of the Go Reds uh, for Women luncheons all over the country, actually. And I did that work for 10 years. So that was a lot, a lot of fun. Why that charity? You know, there's so many reasons why that charity. We'll start with the obvious. They wanted to hire me. So that's always good. And then slowly it became that I have taken interest in uh, heart disease, especially in women. I come from both sides of my family heart disease is prominent in both sides of my family. So 
I just feel like it's one of those things where it can attack anybody. It doesn't really care. So even we hear all these stories all the time about people who uh, she ran 16 marathons and then died of a heart attack in her driveway while getting the mail. So it doesn't really care. Right. If, uh, if you're fit or not, it's going to get you. If it's going to get you. Right. He was the healthiest eater. He never ate anything bad. And then, right. Right. Yeah. I never yeah. saw her eat anything but kale. So it's a good, I think they're a good organization that does a lot of great work around awareness. And I think that that's the key with that in particular uh, silent killer is that it's awareness. You need to be aware of the signs. And I also think people in general nowadays just uh, they're so caught up their lives, our busy, busy lives. Everyone's so busy that myself included, we ignore stuff all the time. So a lot of the stories that I was hearing with working with the American Heart Association was that people were having these like widow maker heart attacks because the symptoms started first thing in the morning and then they ignored them all day because they had a meeting to go to or they had to pick the kids up or they had to go to their hair appointment or they were playing golf or they had you know, they had to go to work or they had to, whatever they had to do instead of dialing into their body and realizing that they were like about to die. Yeah. I think it's really important for everybody to kind of slow down and just be really in tune to yourself and the people around you. You're most valuable when you're here and not gone. So try to stay here. <laughs> it's it's hard. I I, uh, I have high blood pressure. And for years, I, I, you know, my doctor would tell me, you got to work out more, you got to lose weight. And I ignored it until mm -hmm. until the the beginning of this year. Really, I've been working out consistently and trying to eat better. So yeah, definitely, um, I've got two kids and uh, definitely want to uh, be here as long as I can for for them and my wife. Absolutely, so. yeah. Speaking of family, you mentioned in your pre-interview you were recently married, right? I am. I've been married just a little over a year. To a man? To a man. Yeah. Okay. Spoiler alert: It's All a right. man. Okay, you gotta uh, ask these days. Yeah. Gotta ask. No. Well, and you should ask, right? Like, who are you married to? Not that it matters, but you like to know who's your partner. Um, my partner is a man. His name is Eric, and he's very sweet. And yeah, we have a great we have a great little thing going. It's good. First marriage. First marriage, and I'm older, so it's yeah. I just I had never planned to get married, uh, but I met a normal, a civilian. He's not in my business at all. Uh, he's not in my field. He works in <laughs> in. Um, construction basically an institutional uh and uh corporate construction so he um he's not even remotely in my life as far as my business goes which is great and uh he's very traditionally wanted to be married and I'm glad we did it he wasn't on the job site whistling at you as you walked by and your no, heart your heart fluttered no, no no I mean my heart flutters every time someone whistles at me anywhere but he was just uh you know he's just a normal good person he's very kind and uh you should definitely tie your horse to someone who's kind yeah I'm really glad we partnered up agreed agreed and same here on my end uh yeah okay oh, yeah who who are you married to who are you married to I'm I'm married to a woman she identifies herself as heterosexual okay <laughs> we met in college Oh, that's lovely. I love those stories you met in college. We've been married for 16 years. We got married in the year 2000, the year 2000, so it's really easy to do the math. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you'll never forget, right, that's how many right. years you've been married. That's right. So you do, do you talk about, uh, I, I talk about my wife a little bit and the kids in my in my podcast. Do you talk about your uh, husband and your aunt? Yeah, yeah, I do. I talk about him a lot more than he probably would like me to. However, 
he uh, he's a really good sport and he understands that my act is just, it's really an extension of who I am. So he's a huge part of my life, right? He's the yeah. 50% of the hundred percent that is Kelly and Eric. So he's a, uh, He's great. He's he's a really good sport about it. We've only had a couple things where he's been like, "Do you have to say that?" <laughs> give me the give me the less angry of the two that he got. So oh, he, give me give me something. Give me something that you you've talked about where he's not that been. Compl- I said about him. Yeah, where he's not been completely angry. But uh, I mean, you 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 tell yeah. me if you want to tell me that one. That's fine too. Well, no, that he never gets mad. I mean, he's never. I'm never cruel about him at all because I I love him and I won't give you the bit right because I'm not I can't deliver that on podcast phone call at 2.52 in the afternoon or whatever time it is um but the concept was I was talking about how we're addicted to uh my husband's addicted to his phone and how uh I'm gone at night so really the phone has replaced me in a lot of ways uh because I'm not home at night I'm out doing shows so poor thing he's home at night by himself uh, I can usually find him like sitting in boxers perusing Facebook food videos while watching a show about a treehouse being made uh, <laughs> and he he did not like that he he didn't say I, he never says I can't say anything I don't want to say right like he's we have a very um, fair partnership where he's like I understand this is your job and your thoughts and I want you to say whatever you think you want to say but he was like I mean do we need people to know, first of all, that I sit in my underwear a lot? And second of all, I those treehouse shows are very engaging, <laughs> and I can't be the only one who watches them. Right. I think he was more worried about the fact that people would think that he's a grown man who just watches another grown man build giant treehouses, uh, where he should be watching, like, whatever, something more intelligent, maybe. So I was like, well, do you want me to switch it to a car show? And he's like, well, which car show? And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know there were different ones. They're all the same. It's usually just a bunch of guys building or sewing or doing something. He's like, it's not sewing. It's actually craftsmanship. And I was like, great. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole with you because it doesn't, I don't care. So that has been eliminated from my act. No one needs to know. I mean, but now your podcast knows. So I guess I'll bring it back. We've come full circle. Okay. I think you should bring it back and he should be. You know, in an ascot with, uh, you know, in, in a right. in a, a stuffy smoking stuffy jacket. recliner. Oh, yeah. a smoking jacket. Yeah, yeah. Watching Meet the Press. Yeah, I'll just make Nova. Is that still on? I could just have. I've been there watching some sort of National Geographic show where he's learning all the time. Yeah, and maybe he'll find that a little bit more pleasing. Very cool. Very cool. I quiz my guests. I don't know if you've listened, but uh, oh, so I got a quiz for you. Oh boy, lay it on me. I All hope right. I don't uh, get them wrong. I hope it's pop culture. Uh, I like to. Uh, it's it's a it's definitely tied to something you know. Uh, it always is. I never okay. I never try to like uh, really oh, okay. really stump people. So I'd like to see how smart you are. Oh boy. Let's see. So how smart are heart healthy female comedians? That's the category today. Oh great. Okay. And you have lucked out, Miss Kelly McFarland. You get the first oh, true boy. false edition of the quiz. Oh. So much, right? I appreciate that. I, yeah, I'm ready. Okay. And I just want to preface this quiz by saying that I am not going to feel bad, regardless of how I do on this quiz. I know I'm smart enough and cute enough and strong enough. Go on. Oh boy! And not only do you have a voice for uh, voiceover, but I, I must say, and I'm not uh, coming on to you or anything like that. You have you have a pretty damn sure. sexy voice. 
have, have, you, have you gotten I'm, that before? I'm, yes, I get it all the time, actually. And uh, I will take it every time because this voice belongs to, and I don't know if I'm sexy in real life. I'd like to think I have moments where I'm very sexy, who knows, uh, because as a female comic, I'm rarely approached by uh, a quality person, <laughs> let me just put it that way, <laughs> who says, my goodness, you are so sexy, right? Mm -hmm. I'm approached by people maybe of not the quality that I would hope or of the sound mind since I work in nightclubs. Um, <laughs> and it's typically followed up by some really inappropriate question like, my wife and I would love it if you would or oh, wow. hey, want to go to my car. Yeah, there's always something interesting. But this voice belongs to a five-foot-tall <laughs> blonde woman with, uh, with uh, apple-y cheeks. <laughs> I think we're all sexy in our own way. We're all sexy in our own way. That's right. Even the guy who wants to slip you his hotel key after uh, after your exactly. set. Exactly. He may be pickled, but he knows what he wants. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, we got we got three questions. Three true or false questions. Okay, go. Okay? All right. I'm ready. Uh, heart healthy female comedians. Okay. Ooh, okay. Heart disease is the number one killer of women, causing one in three deaths each year. True or That's false? a true statement. True. That's and I true. just, as I read that out loud in the, in the podcast, I, it's, that's kind of depressing. I'm, I'm, that's, uh, this show it's is very not, depressing. The show is not de supposed to be depressing, but uh, there you go. There you go. It's okay. But that is a true statement. Yes. I don't think they get any better from here. Heart oh. disease. Here's number two. <laughs> None of these are cheery, but what, what is when you deal with heart disease? <laughs> I mean, I know about other stuff. I just want to say that out loud. <laughs> you could have asked me about kitten videos or maybe Star Wars. Okay, go on. I'm oh, they ready. get it. They get it. This is my choice. Yeah, they, my, my audience yes. gets it. Okay, good. Heart disease doesn't affect women who are fit. True or false? False. False. It's false. Right, right. We covered that earlier. You you actually brought that up. and I did. And I love that you're educating your, your listeners right now. Right? Go right? on. Okay. Number three. Yes. Okay. I appreciate you. All right. Here's thank you. Here's number three. Uh, you, may, you might be the yeah. first guest that appreciates me. Um, number. <laughs> I'm sure there are others. Yeah, they just they just didn't say it on the show. I'm just very open. Yes, go on. Thank you. Uh, let's see. Number three. Cardiovascular events such as heart attacks or chest pain caused by heart disease rarely occur during sexual activity because sexual activity is usually for a short time. <laughs> this one's funny at least you made that question up it's funny at that's least no a, that's not on a website or anything you made that question up just answer the question <laughs> it's false wait a second let me read it again oh cardiovascular events cardiovascular events yeah and i'm not changing it such as heart attacks or chest pain caused by heart disease rarely occur during sexual activity because sexual activity is usually for a short time true or false oh I was, I was, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention I'm a little bit of a dirty birdie pervert. I was only focusing on sexual activity only lasts a short <laughs> period of time. <laughs> um, but now that I've heard the entire question and I'm dialed in and I am ready and focused, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with true. You are correct. And I'm a lot dirty birdie. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, rarely occurs. This is straight shit. off. Yeah. And this is straight off the website. I'm telling you, this is, yeah. the, this is uh, Strange, off, right? off, off the go red. Uh, is it go red? Yeah. Go red for women campaign website. Yeah. Now, do you think that's because that their, your blood pumping is escalated typically during sexual activity 
or does your blood pressure reduce during, I mean, I would have to do a little homework on that, I think. And by homework, I just mean Google. My <laughs> husband's not going to have the best after work surprise of his life. Come on. What a great bit it would be. Yeah. So I was on this right? podcast yeah. and we were talking Surprise. about we were talking yeah. about cardiovascular events and mm-hmm. and then I went home and uh, okay um, yeah I mean if he had a dollar right yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he'd still be looking for he that had first five dollar <laughs> yeah <laughs> he'd have a bag of nickels all right <laughs> at least fifty cents at least fifty cents. <laughs> All right. Uh, as we wind down here, uh, we're actually about to wrap up here. Uh, you've released your second comedy album titled You Woke Up Today recently. What's it about? I did. So the album this time around, uh, I'm in such a different place than my first album, which is called Bombshell, if people want to look that up as well. That was released in 2011, I think. I'm in a different place now, right? Like I'm a married lady and I have a stepson. My husband has a son from his previous marriage um, who's with us a lot. And because I'm a full-time comedian, this is my job. I'm home with him quite often. We spend a lot of time together. The true story is, is that I got a two for one and I could not be happier, right? Like I didn't know when I was shopping for my husband that I was going to get a BOGO, buy one, get one. (laughs) So I'm really, really happy and feel very blessed that I have this this young man in my life. With that said, he also makes me want to shave my head and chew glass um, because <laughs> he's middle school and they're the worst people alive. Middle school <laughs> kids are horrendous, horrendous, douchey people. I don't even know if I can say that on your podcast, but I just did. And uh, a lot of my of this album talks about me trying to shoehorn myself into this new life. So it's uh, a lot of the adventures of Kelly continue type of album, which is really fun. Cool. Do you, do you uh, tell jokes about the kid? I do. You do. I do tell a lot of jokes about the kid. Yeah. About the kid, about the community, right? Cause now I'm, I'm in a community as someone's parent and that's a long shot from what I was before. So are you talking about other parents? Are you talking about other parents and yeah, dealing okay. with other parents? School. Yeah, going to school. We do homework. You play sports. Sports, right? Yeah, sports. <laughs> I mean, I'm using all of those words loosely. He plays sports. Uh, <laughs> he dabs in the outfield, is what he does. Um, and you might not even know what that is, but I'm hip to it because this is my life now. So, <laughs> hey, lady, I'm hip to it as well. How old are your kids? Uh, you say that. Is it too private? I have a middle school kid and I have a high school kid. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, so mm, double the douche, double the fun. No, neither. I would never say either. Raised, no? raised to the douchey level. They definitely have their quirks, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've I've called them worse, probably. <laughs> yeah. At, at no, point. and I mean it with love. Like it's Oh, not of every, course. Of course. Not every, but when it happens, my goodness, what is wrong? Yes. Yes. I mean, your life is pretty good. Yes, it is. Uh, so what else do you got going on uh, coming up? You have any appearances coming up? Yeah. Or? So I'm touring a lot. I'm going to have a lot of gigs going on, especially on uh, this coast. I live on the East Coast, as you know. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of that going on. And then this fall, I'll be um, traveling uh, to the West Coast, probably, which I try to do once a year. So I will um, make my way out there. But uh, everything, Kelly, if you want to know where I am, 
uh, feel free to go to my website, which is kellymacfarland.com. Yeah, and we'll uh, we'll show uh, we'll have all the uh, details about you uh, in our show notes. Fantastic. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I can't wait till you get out to the West Coast. Uh, definitely looking forward Likewise. to meeting you in person and seeing your show. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be great. Thank you for your time, Kelly. Thank you. What a pleasure. What a delightful podcast. So fun. You can get all the details and links about comedian Kelly McFarlane in our show notes. Music's always been important to me, whether it be the Hokey Pokey or the Limbo. I like listening to a lot of different music. I thought I'd let artists and bands submit their music to the podcast of thousands and we'd showcase it for them in each episode. Here's a song called Mr. Player by the folk rock artist Vicki Kiley, who's originally from Canada. I picked this song from Vicki Kiley because it's a fulking good song. See what I did there? If you like it, you can get all the information you need about Vicki Kiley in our show notes. Enjoy.
You've been listening to the Podcast of Thousands. Check us out at www.podcastofthousands.com and on iTunes. While you're there, make sure to subscribe, review us, and leave your comments. You can find all the details in our show notes. Thank you very much for listening, and to all you performers out there, break a leg.